Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. What do you want from me? I gave you a chance. I got an email this morning, summer gig. They're offering you 2,500 a day. Details are sparse, but it's definitely VIP. You must be Sir Jackson. You must be Ethan. Let's try a practice test. We'll see how you do. So, we are having a boy. I love you. I love you too. What's your dad do? I'm not allowed to say. What about your mom? How's work? Well, the kid's giving me sort of a strange vibe. They're just kids, Ethan. They can't help if they come for money, even if they're a little bit messed up. What about the baby? Is it planned? How do you know about the baby? He's obsessed with me in a total stalker sort of way. Jackson, hi, I'm Annie. Ethan, Ethan's told me a lot about you. You must be a really special person. This needs to stop right now. You've been accused of assaulting Jackson. He's scared of you. There are some pretty substantial bruises on his leg. Jackson gave himself those bruises. I need this job. I have a baby on the way. I'm gonna have to let you go. How was your evening, Ethan? Lost everything, thanks to you. You stay away from my family, or I'll hurt you. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 515. Out now in theatres across the US is The Tudor, a thriller that stars Garrett Hedlund as a tutor who, after being assigned an unexpected job at a mansion, finds himself struggling with the obsession of his student who threatens to expose his darkest secrets. Also starring Noah Schnapp and Victoria Justice, the Tudor marks the latest film from director Jordan Ross, who I'm glad to say joins me now on the podcast. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Matthew. So we have a script here by Ryan King. He's a really interesting writer in that he had a script beforehand called The Black Files that was on the blacklist for a little while now. But this is the first screenplay of his is actually being produced into, into a feature um, and he's out there right now. When you get this script from Ryan, what was it about the script that really grabbed you? Because I know I've heard interviews with um, Garrett and with Noah, and I was talking about from like a character perspective, but you as a filmmaker of an overall story t- storyteller, what are the things that grabbed you in uh, Ryan's screenplay that really said you, said to you, you know, this is the, the world I want to jump into next? Sure. Uh, I think three things. One, uh, just meeting Ryan himself and talking to him. Um, I don't know how much you know about Ryan, but um, he lived this life. He lived this world. Uh, he was a tutor to privileged youth 
while he was writing screenplays because um, he was doing it to to make money and because he's an intelligent individual who who thought it would be an easy gig. And then he got some students and parents um, similar to Jackson um, in our film who didn't treat him that kindly. So he took that little like life lesson, life story and decided to have some fun with it and turn it into this mm. dramatic thriller. So I thought that was definitely something that I found interesting, his personal experience and tie to that world. Um, and he had some great, amazing stories to tell um, and put a few of those little tidbits into this screenplay. Uh, secondly, when I read it, I immediately, it brought up like visual connotations of movies I just liked, right? It didn't have to have this, social message um it reminded me of films i loved growing up from the 80s and the 90s the jagged edges of the world um like more present uh tense the the gift where like you're wondering you know you go in with these these feelings of um expectation and you think you know who the protagonist is and know who the antagonist is and then you start to question that throughout and like are your thoughts valid? I thought that was really interesting and reminded me of all those movies that I love so much. Uh, and then I think the third thing really is just the visuals. Like I got really strong visuals of like what, what I saw this film being, how I saw it being very like grand with mansions. I saw like um, classical music playing a part, just have some fun with it. Um, mm -hmm. And making shots kind of feel very static and letting the actors have that uncomfortable kind of interaction in scene versus like trying to go, you know, kind of like chaotic and handheld with it. One thing that really spoke to me when I was watching the film, I think the main thing is the scary possibility that those with the means can really upend your life. And I don't know about you, Jordan, but something that really is concerning me these days is the kind of the rise of deep fake technology and AI and stuff. Uh, people yeah. can take your images, can take your voice and do like really kind of, if they want to, really sinister kind of nefarious things with it. And sometimes people can have fun with, I don't know if you saw those um, pictures of the former President Trump like being arrested, like those fake ones that, that were out there. They kind of look funny and all, but if you put like Joe Blow's face on that, just someone who didn't deserve this and was like take manipulated, right? that's come some scary stuff, man. And, and I think that was something that spoke to me as well. Is that something that like when you're reading it about the, the possibility that a person with the means, with the resources could really take someone's life and put it in the gutter. That's a really kind of scary situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking about AI stuff for a, a moment, that deepfake stuff, it's pretty incredible technology. It There's is. also that clip of like Tom Cruise. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 I mean, you're watching it and you're scratching your head thinking like, if this is where we are now, where are we, where are we heading? Where are we going to be? Where are we going? Um, but I think also to your point, um, and this doesn't really have to do with the means, but more like, just access. I think we live in such a digital world now that um, you can have a thought or idea, a perception, and very quickly, like some insular little thought, idea, or group can disseminate that pretty quickly. And you don't know, you know, it's hard to, like you said, it's hard to, to, to really navigate through like, okay, what's real? What's not? Um, who is this person? Is this person even real? that like, um, you know, I'm talking to or or that's disseminating this information or where are they coming from and what's their agenda. So, yeah, I think a lot of that has to kind of like thematically play into this film where, you know, people could have underlying um, uh, motivations and you as just a normal person, like you don't know what's going on. You know, you don't know who to believe and who not. To believe. 
I want to talk about Garrett Hedlund. Um, he plays Ethan in a movie. I he's one of those actors that I always look out for when his um, films come out because he has a certain energy, he has a certain vibe to him that's unique to himself. And that's what I really dig about like um specific actors. They can have that sometimes. They are they have bring their own personality to the characters sometimes. Not to say that they're playing the same character all the time, but some actors have that kind of like unique ability uh to do so. Um when you're looking at roles for Ethan. Um, how did Garrett come about to to be cast in that role? Because I think it's a, a really yeah. a performance I haven't seen from him before as well. I don't think I, I don't even think like oh, he's never, to like the, the the thriller context. He's really done that. He's either. never done anything like this before, and I think that's what excited him about the project. And Garrett, just on an artistic level, to sing his praises for a second, he's incredible. He and it's not by happenstance. Like he got down to location and set one or two months early just to get in the character because he's very method that way. Um, but as just an overall artist. I'm not just talking acting, music, as a human being, he's like as good as it gets. And I just feel so fortunate to not only have him in this movie, but in my life as a friend, because he is honestly one of a kind. Um, how he came to be in the film is when I got the script, I took out a piece of paper and I wrote down, I think just a few names of actors who I think would really do this role justice. And also it's something we hadn't seen before and also elevate the material, right? Because it's something that, like the the story in and of itself, it's very kind of like noir, 90s, slow burn, dramatic thriller. Like it, it really is going to rely on the actors and especially Ethan, his character. He's on screen for 90 plus percent of the time in scenes. So you want someone who really has that that gravitas to like bring it. Um, and that's Garrett because he's a chameleon. Uh, so I wrote down a couple names. Garrett was at the very top of the list. And I told him this story and just by happenstance. The producer of this film was visiting another set that is a film Garrett was not in, but he had to happen to be visiting the set that day as well. And he said, hey, check this script out, hand in the script. Read it that night and Garrett and I got on, I think later that week, and we just hit it off in terms of like, okay, what, you know, let's have some fun with this. Like we want people to go to the theater and just have sort of a fun experience, Um as opposed to thinking like this has to be a horror, has to be you know a serious film, but like let's kind of get emotionally invested in this. Um, and so yeah, that's that's how Garrett came on board, and and we're just I'm just really fortunate for that because he is fantastic. Like you know, and he gets into the role. He's not like I said, it's not like he just shows up the day before and he says, okay, I'm going to play this part. He he really dives in. He wears the clothing. He took his perfectly beautiful head of hair and decided so beautiful yeah he decided he's like look i'm i don't want to come off of this like you know handsome guy and tutor like let's make this believable he ends up going for it and shaving his head so he looks it's not a wig he shaved his head so he looks like he has a receding hairline um and also started taking sat courses and practicing so you know when when the time comes and you just need him to be in character like for that opening montage you know, yeah, half of that was scripted, but half of it is Garrett just kind of nudged me being like, I'm going to really quiz these kids. Like, I'm going to take out my flashcards. Hmm. I'm going to quiz them. And the kids have no idea it's coming. But let's do that and let's see where that goes and let them answer like they're real students because those kids are, for the most part, real high school students. And we did that. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by T Public. TeePublic is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, TeePublic is sure to have something you'll love. 
The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon. The world's leading online store, Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's Movie Reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. Noah Schnapp, he brings that kind of shy, awkward energy to the role. There's also something else about his role that's really, that kind of spoke to me. There's, a, there's actually a, a line in the movie um, that says, we are all broken, we're only just trying our best. You know, on the inside, there's many things going on with us at any time. It could be within the soul, it can be within the mind, but there's the facade we put on of what can be described as normal, right? And I think Noah does a really kind of a good job in kind of in portraying that. You know something's not going right with the kid, but he's trying his very best to try to fit in, in the best way that he can. Um, how important was it for Noah to try to really tap into that energy of that, I don't know if you call it a madness, I don't know if you what or insanity, swirling inside of him but on the outside he's trying his very best to try to be you know the best kid he can especially in the, these um, circumstances sure i mean his character is affected right he's affected by the wealth he has is affected by how he grew up he's affected by circumstances that have happened to him in the past he's affected by this tutor and he's trying to juggle all that emotion uh at the same time testing um ethan and kind of seeing like where the line is blurred in terms of what he will do and won't do. So he knows how to like further test him. Um, Noah is, I mean, like I said before, like Noah, when he came and did this, he's a senior in high school. He's 17 years old in real life. Um, he's been acting for many, many years. But we haven't really seen him in this kind of role, but he's just a dramatic pro. Like we shot some of his most dramatic scenes right off the bat and he came in and that's always the hardest um, because you're really like, you're getting into right of the meat of the material right off the bat. First take, he drops a single tear. Second take, he drops a single tear. And it's one of those things where now, you know, Garrett was in scene with him. Other actors are just impressed and they're, you know, kind of doing a little cat and mouse and up in their game um, and, you know, trying to compete with one another in terms of like the dramatic performances. And that's great. But I have to keep reminding myself, like when we call cut, like this is a 17 year old kid. Like, I don't know where you were at 17, but when I was 17, I certainly would not be able to step into a role like this and really kind of bring that depth and the awkwardness. It was important for me, for him, that he doesn't come off of like this friendly, gregarious kid, but he comes off as standoffish. So the first time we meet him um, in the library, you know, there's distance, right? He's separated. He's across the room. There's a chair blocking his character. He has his back turned. So Garrett walks in. He thinks it's going to be another day in the park tutoring this kid. And then you immediately realize something's a bit off. And that's something we kind of came up with on the spot. You know, originally, like, they're going to be sitting next to each other on a couch, but that makes it feel too personal. You know, I was talking to Noah, and he said, what if I stand over there near the bookshelf? That's a great idea. What if now we have a chair in front of you? So now there's, like, it's not so easy to, for a person to walk into a room and shake your hand. So he has these great ideas as well to kind of give his character an air of mystery um, and intrigue right off the bat. 
you know, this film deals with the, the world of the affluence, which is really a 180 what you had before in Thumper, where it was like yeah. kids more kind of lower income kind of st- um, in, in situations. Yeah. And a big part of the portrayal of, of that is these mansions, these huge houses. So if the film starts with the shot, these kind of like these high gates and you have the classical music and you these different places. In the places where um, Garrett's character is um, tutoring Noah, I'm just curious, where did you find that place? Because from what I understand, you shot in Birmingham, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't easy. Listen, we didn't have those houses like three days before shooting for most of the film. And we ended up using um, three houses to pull off one house, essentially. But yeah, I mean, we shot in Birmingham, Alabama, and down near Alexander City, Alabama. Um, Always, it was supposed to take place in New York or like Long Island, like these big mansions, the Hamptons kind of feel. So um, from a technical standpoint, and then to get back to like how we found those houses in a second, from the technical standpoint, like we always kind of like, we don't want to show the world because once you start showing streets, like the streets are pretty beautiful, Birmingham, but pretty empty. There's no taxi cabs. There's no people walking around. So you can't give that away. So from a technical standpoint, we always wanted the camera to be a little lower showing buildings behind people so that like the city feel feel city um and then for the houses yeah i mean by happenstance i just was talking to people who put me in touch with like the little mayor of this town outside birmingham we went to lunch and i said look we're filming this movie um birmingham is really trying to up their their like um their focus for for doing films and their status for like being a little film community like atlanta um, and he was so supportive and so helpful. He said, let me, let me do some outreach. And within 24 hours, he said, here, my friends would be very interested in like having you come by and maybe filming at their house. And so that's how we found, um, that's how we found those houses is just by talking to people and them saying, you know, I know a guy who knows a guy. And like I said, we're at some points, 48 hours out before filming and we don't have the house even. So we're like, all right. And so that is a challenge. Um, but it also made us kind of think on our toes. We'd walk into the room and we go, this works. We'll put the camera here and no, we'll be here. And, you know, we kind of like, it was a bit run and gun, which is exciting and also terrifying as you can imagine. But at the same time, like it was good because it made us think, maybe think on the fly. You know, and I might be wrong at this because you are a filmmaker. I'm just a guy who watches films when I think the, of the role of a director, I think of him as kind of, kind of like a conductor. He's the one to make sure that everyone is in this, but to make sure that they're playing their instrument and the best their ability, and you have to bring it all together to 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 present this, you know, ninety something minutes of of, of content to to people to watch. Um, a movie like The Tudor, though, there's different instruments happening at different times and could take you to the different emotional directions. And not to give away too much though, but how do you as the conductor here, as the as the filmmaker, as a director, make sure that you're hitting all these different elements, psychological, uh, visual, everything else, to make sure that you can not only put together a good story, but make sure that you're keeping your viewer on their toes because it is really a twisty movie i mean if i was going to equate it to a roller coaster is this the thing that's going up and down and just everywhere to zoom in you're going upside down you're stuck up you know you know looking yeah. down on the ground and you're up again yeah. it's one of those kind of films i think it's uh i'm really curious about you know as you as director how to make sure that you get those twists and turns done right as as a conductor of this piece well i think to use your analogy as a conductor um you want to make sure you have 
a good casting crew. Like that's yep. first and foremost talented people. Right. And I think with our actors, especially like we're dealing with people who are incredibly talented, very experienced, very thoughtful, very prepared. So that makes my job in life a whole lot easier. And in terms of the preparation for the filming and the shots. Yeah. I mean, I, I went on a website called shot deck. Right. And I look for visual styles and cues that I thought may be beneficial to this film and just created this big folder. Um, so really had, even though we didn't maybe know where we're filming or exactly the landscape, I knew at least the outcome emotionally and visually I wanted to feel like, um, so there was that. And then, um, you know, you're filming everything also out of order and out of sequence. This is not something we Mm. shot in sequence. We shot the end first, not by choice. In fact, I think the first thing I said, like our line producers were like, whatever we do, let's just not shoot the end first. And okay. And then. You know, because of circumstances and schedules, it was like we had to shoot the end first. That was just it. Um, so I think you have to rely on, yeah, your team and your crew a lot. And like I said, it, it doesn't happen by chance that like you'll walk in somewhere and, and it just all comes together. Like people come prepared. Garrett was down in Alabama one or two months early. Like he knew this role and we got on, we'd been together every day down in Alabama while I was like location scouting or doing whatever tech scouting. So I think that was incredibly beneficial because then when he gets to set, it's not like, wait, what is my character saying? What am I doing? It's I'm going to walk in this room. And even though this line says, what's your name? I'm going to say, you must be Sir Jackson because I should have some information on the character. And maybe there's a little standoffish scene. And even though Jackson's response in that scene is like, my name's Jackson. Now he says, you must be Ethan. And all of a sudden you kind of start out with this awkward little, dance but that's all because like i said the you know actors came prepared so for everyone out there listening out now in theaters across the u.s at the tutor i encourage everyone buy a ticket go watch this film be part of the ride go on that roller coaster be entertained enjoy the twists and turns enjoy the performances and watch the film in the theaters we need to have people go into the cinema we need independent films to be seen so filmmakers just like Jordan, so screenwriters like Brian could get more movies out there. More movies in theaters is a good thing for everyone. Please, and I, I, I everyone second, to do that. Yes, I second exactly what you just said, and I appreciate. It. I think we should be promoting uh, and supporting the arts and creativity. And it's so easy nowadays to just sling comments online or, or yeah. you know negativity. It's like you know this is a film that like i said and i'm not just saying this because i made it but like seeing a film and a lot of films on the big screen has such kind of a an effect and a positive effect that i i second exactly what you just said and encourage people to go see it and i really appreciate your time and you doing this and i appreciate your time and i appreciate yeah the the movie i appreciate the the work they put into it and hopefully we get to talk again in the future it's been a pleasure i would love that i love that